thank you, Jesus. I praise your great and mighty and holy and righteous name. I thank you, dear Lord. We bless your name, Holy Father. We thank you for this beautiful and wonderful truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. We have a Bible this morning. I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Revelation. Thank you, dear Lord. Chapter 3, book of Revelation. We're glad each and every one of you here this morning. It's nice to have you at God's house. We want to take a good look into God's Word, worship Him here this morning, spirit and truth. All right? All right, Revelation chapter 3. I'm going to turn your attention to verse 20. It said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I'd like to minister for a little while this morning on Don't Lock Jesus Out. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. One of the uh, teachings in the Scripture is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and it tells you about this time in which you are living, as well as its reference to a time past. It made reference to and used the word ministration or ministry in the ministration of that ministry, the giving forth of that ministry, and how that, he made it clear, he said that uh, in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, but if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, that's your Ten Commandments, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look, or behold, rather, the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance which glory was to be done away. Sometimes people lock Jesus out because they can't see past where they're at. They're locked into a tradition. They're locked into the way they're thinking and they've always thought, and they feel like that makes it okay and makes it right. They're locked into a pattern, and uh, Grandma said something or Great-Grandpa said something, and I had a man not too long ago told me that he was the uh, fifth generation of, of men on his side of the family, on his father's side, that uh, went all the way back five generations, and how many years that was, and, and that they had all belonged to, and he named a certain church, a certain denomination. And as we begin to talk about the scriptures, I begin, of course, to find out he didn't have a clue didn't know anything really about the Word of God, but he had five generations of religion, had five generations of belonging to a certain, um, you know, it's almost like belonging to a certain cemetery, you know, just belonging to something that is dead, and it is dull, and it is lacking in any power and potency of the Holy Ghost, has nothing to do, you have read no doubt in your Bible about the Sadducees, and we often say they were sad, you see, because they 
They didn't believe in the, in the angels or the spirit or the resurrection. There are people that have religion today, and they do not believe in a move of the Holy Ghost. They do not believe in the power of Jesus Christ. They, everything is, is uh, very dead and very, you know, just their human thinking. Uh, I had a man the other day that I got to witness to, we, three of us did, got to witness to him on the new building down here. He'd come out to give us a bid, and he walked over and he said, what is this? And we said, well, that's the baptismal tank. And he said, oh. And so Pastor Opera got down and showed him where the preacher will stand and where the person that's going to be baptized will be and how that will be done. And, of course, in doing it, demonstrated and quoted to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so as we begin to talk one scripture after another, he, he asked us a question. He wanted to know if he said, I don't want you to get mad at me. He said, but my wife was asking, and I thought of this, and I'll, I'll ask you. But he said, what about snake handling? And I said, well, and I knew that he was very nervous. And I said, that's a fine question. Nothing wrong with asking that question. I'm happy to answer that question for you. Straighten out your thinking. And so I began to tell him how that people, uh, again, get into tradition. And a spirit gets into their mind, and it locks up their mind. And uh, for an example, the only place I can figure they got it from, and that is these people want to say that uh, if you can handle the snake, uh, a rattlesnake, and it doesn't bite you, then that demonstrates, testifies that you have the power of God. And of course, if you get bitten and you die, well, you didn't have it. So um, I told them that that is not a common practice, though I have known of it to take place, heard of it to take place. I've never visually seen it, thankfully. Because any snake gets near me, that's the only reason that I have a, 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 uh, a golf club, is for the snake that comes around. Well, I got one that came in the house one time, and I got him with whatever club that was, a putter or a nine iron or a sand wedge or whatever it was. I don't know, but it was around there. And I grabbed it up, and I found him where he went in the house, and we had a little talk, and he didn't talk anymore. And out he went. It was the end of him. You know, well, they say one shot, and you're good for the whole day. I got the shot on them. Well, anyway, there are folks that have this kind of thinking, and uh, it's misguided thinking, and if the devil can't get you one way, he will look to get you another way. And uh, so these uh, folks, I said they, sometimes I've heard back up in the back of the back of the back in the woods somewhere, up in the mountains, that there are some people that have practiced that. Uh, I don't think it's a common practice, but it's definitely not a correct biblical practice. And so I begin to tell him that the Apostle Paul, the Bible said that when he went to build a fire, out of the wood leaped a viper, a snake, a poisonous, venomous snake, and latched itself onto his arm, whereupon he shook it off, and he felt no harm. I guess they keyed on the snake and the felt no harm, and they missed the part that the snake attacked him, and that it, it leaped upon him, and that he then shook it off. Didn't keep it around to play with it and try to prove that he had anything. And matter of fact, in, in being bitten by the snake, the people of that island looked for him to fall down suddenly and die because they were well aware. And you know, if the, as I said, if the enemy can't get your mind tied up one way to lock out the truth, then he'll do another thing and go another uh, the other end of the spectrum, and that is that a 
read one time that a man wrote, and he said, well, that was just a, a little old snake. It wasn't in a bad snake. And, and he, he was writing his little commentary uh, and trying to explain. And uh, I, I thought to myself, gee, it said it was venomous, and it, meaning it had venom in it. It had poison in it. And it also said that the people who lived on that island that knew about those things on that island, that this, this viper was uh, one that they, type of snake that lived on that island and that they looked for Paul to fall down and die. They'd seen that before. And uh, so it's amazing, you know, if we can't, if the devil can't get you to take it and twist the scripture in your mind one way, then he'll do it another way. So on one hand, you know, we're bragging about, you know, do this and you'll show you have the power of God. Now, I like what the Scripture teaches about the power of God. It teaches me that after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon me. I'll receive power, okay? I like God's way of doing things. He doesn't do anything to hurt you. Matter of fact, he said that, uh, that if there was any snakes or any poisonous thing around and it got into your system, he said it wouldn't harm you, Okay? And he did say that he gave us all power over the power of the enemy and that nothing shall by any means harm us or hurt us. And that he would uh, shortly to the church, he said, crush Satan under our feet. And that we had the power to tread upon the scorpions and the serpents and they wouldn't hurt us. We, we weren't playing with them. We were treading upon them. We just were going to get that good 27-inch uh, tire with all that big, thick tread and just run over the devil and take care of him. We do that with chapter and verse. We do that with the truth. We do that with word of God. We don't uh, try to do fleshly displays. Cast yourself down, for it's written, he'll give his angels charge concerning thee. And Jesus came back and said, yeah, and it's also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. How you like them apples? So we give it to you, chapter and verse. You've got to get subject matter. You've got to pick up the spirit of the scripture here and get things in balance or you can be led astray. Your mind can be captivated by the wrong spirit and begin to do things that will get you in trouble with the truth and with God. This is not a joke and this is not something to play with. This is a reality and this is eternal. The scripture teaches here that they couldn't see past themselves and where they were at. Uh, as God had a, a ministry, an administration going on for a certain time to last just that long. It was going to last until the Christ came, until He was manifest. And in the fullness of time, then He did come, right? And made of a woman under the law to redeem them that were under the law. And so they, they at the time, under Moses, and here He comes down from the mountain, and he has got the glory of God radiating and shining in his face. What a difference it is when you get the Holy Ghost. What a difference it is when you receive the real thing from God. It, it puts a shine in your face. It frees your mind up. It gives you a liberty to where you can begin to see what God is saying. Where you can begin to understand the Word of God. Where there's an experience that's going to take place in your life that's going to set the captive free. 
And everybody said amen. And whom the Son of Man makes free, he's free indeed. And you want to believe that good word of God. He's going to do something for you. And here he comes down from the mountain, Moses. He's been with God. God's given him the commandments. He's got them on stone. He comes down and everything is great. And they look at him and they say, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see that. We like right where we're at. We're not going to move from where we're at. We're comfortable where we're at. That discomforts us. That's too much light. We would rather be in the kind of darkness we're in. We'd rather not quite have that much illumination. And that's a Bible word. We'd rather not have that much illumination. He spoke in Hebrews about after that you were illuminated. That you got lit up. God lit you up. God got your mind absolutely fired up in bright light. And oh, friend, how great it is to get rid of all of that darkness. But see, they couldn't see past their tradition. We've always believed it this way. I've always heard it this way. And, and this is what this one said and that one said. Never mind what this one says. We don't worry about that. We're just worried about what somebody told us. Well, I want you to get interested in what God said. What you begin to live by every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God and that you put away the leaven. He said, not by bread alone. You put away the leaven or the bread of false doctrine. You put away that which uh, just rises up and fills your mind and locks out everything on your five senses and keeps everything of God away from you. No wonder the writer said, feel after God. Use your senses. Get your spiritual senses moving here and feel after God. He's not far from any one of us. You've got to get yourself involved. He's looking for people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. You've got to get yourself involved. This is not a passive salvation. This is an active. He said you'll be lively stones. He said God is a God of the living, not of the dead. You're dead in sin. He wants to make you alive in Christ. He wants you to become a lively stone, a living, worshiping, breathing, praising son or daughter of God. That's what he wants. Man, these folks, they said, uh, we don't want to see this. We don't want to see this. We, uh, we want you to put a veil over your face. And uh, in the Bible, I like that it said that the veil was done away in Christ. So if anybody tells you that you have to wear a veil, you might want to remember that, ladies. And I would tell you, what the, if you want what the Scripture teaches, then the, the Scripture teaches that your, your veil is your hair. That's what God gave to you, ladies. You might want to remember that. And he also said it was for your glory that night. So, you, you know, there are things that God values, and you, you might want to learn what's valuable to God. And to do that, you've got to stop putting blockage up. You've got to stop locking him out. You've got to stop, stop shutting the door and pulling down the, the grate and locking that up, the bars and everything. You've got to open up to God. You've got to open your heart. You've got to open your mind, your thinking, your, your emotions. And you've got to begin to set those emotions on things that are above. You've got to be start realizing that his thoughts are above us. And so you've got to get your thoughts elevated. You've got to get it out of the gutter. You've got to get it out like the guy that took it and dug, wrapped it up in a napkin and then dug a hole in the ground and put it down in there and covered it up. You've got to get this thing out of the earth. You've got to get it out of the natural things, the fleshly things, the inventions of this life, the things that mesmerize the minds of people, and it locks out God. Quit giving yourself to things that lock 
God out that push him away. He said, I'm knocking on the door here. I'm making every effort to get in there for you to open that door for me and let me come in. I've got everything you have need of. I'm going to sup with you. I'm bringing supper. I'm going to bring everything that you have need of. Everything will be on the table. You'll want for nothing. You'll absolutely, I know every need that you have and I will meet your needs. I'll supply your needs according to my riches. God's not bankrupt. Nothing wrong with God's economy. God's got it all running just right. There's no corruption with God. And that's the problem in this world, isn't it? There's a whole lot of greed. There's a whole lot of corruption. You might want to remember that the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not just money. It's the love of money. The greed. That false God of greed. Many people are, are taken by that. And it has locked God out. God wants you to, you know, when he said open the door, if somebody's going to open that door, you can just hear it on the inside. Click, 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 click. Because there's all kinds of locks in there. Not just locked out with one lock, but many locks. You hear me? Many dials are spinning. Many things that you've got to get the right combination there to open up the door of your heart. That you're going to begin to put together a combination. Let me tell you something. The Bible said and talked about the love of the truth. And Jesus is trying to bring you the truth. And he wants to put that in your heart. He wants to bring in the love of the truth to where you, you love it. You absolutely have an appetite for it. That you don't fight it. You don't retreat from it. You don't shrink into a dark corner of your mind somewhere and go into denial and you shut it all down. And, and I just read that it said right there to repent and to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Bam, bam, bam. And the doors come down. And this man that asked me about the, the snakes, and he asked a few other questions, and we answered him with chapter and verse. I had to call him back because he, he, didn't, he didn't get back to us, and we were uh, waiting for the bid from his company, and we wanted to get all the bids on the table. And so um, I called him, and I, he said, oh, you just caught me. He said, I'm riding along in the car with my wife right now. We're getting ready to go to lunch. And I said, hey, that's great. I said, so how did that answer go with your wife about the snakes? And he said, oh, it, it, it went good. It went good. Yeah, she, she understood it. She thought that was great. And I said, okay, good. And uh, he began to talk to me about his, um, his father. He said, you know, and I began, I began to just give chapter and verse. It just began to flow. And, and he's on the other end of the line. I could hear him just listening. It was like, boy, I wasn't expecting this right now. But sometimes the Lord knocks when you least expect it. And uh, he's that ready to get in there. You know, one place he said, I'm ready to pardon. God wants to forgive you. God wants to get rid of all that sin. And he's standing ready, knocking the door. Are you going to let me in now? Let me come in now. I want to get rid of this garbage in your life. I want to get rid of this darkness in your life. And so I was giving him chapter and verse, and he, he said, you know, he said, he said my father uh, belonged to the, excuse me, <laughs> he belonged to a certain denomination. And I uh, almost said it. <laughs> and we don't like to do that. We're not knocking anybody, but we're staying with the book. And so he said, yeah, my father belonged to thus and so. And he said, uh, he believed every word in the Bible. Talk about giving me an opening. The old coach didn't have to prize me out of the chair in the corner. I popped up, went to the center of the ring. I was ready. And I said, no, no, wait a minute. I said, yeah, that, I said, I happen to know a little something about that group. And I said, uh, they claim." He said, oh, yeah, he was big on baptism. And I said, yeah, and the way they quoted is repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins. They go right over that in the name of Jesus Christ. Somehow that just gets deleted in their mind. Go right over it. And I told them, I said, yeah, I said, yes, they believe that baptism is for remission of sins, but they, they baptize everybody the Roman way, the Catholic way. I said they baptize saying Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And they don't know the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The name, if I said to you who's the name of the Alpha, you'd say Jesus. And I said, who's the name of the, of the Almighty? You'd say Jesus. Who's the name of the Healer? You'd say Jesus. So what's wrong with, why can't you say the name of the Father? He said that he used to be called the Everlasting Father. And we have, have we all not one Father? Okay, so and all made of one blood, there we go. It's in the book. So you believe the Bible. You can't just take a penknife like one king in the Old Testament did and carve out part of the, of the scriptures of the teachings. Throw that, I don't like that part. You know, that doesn't jihaw with my traditions. My great-grandpappy said such and such. You know, well, hey, let's make sure great-grandpappy was saying chapter and verse. Let's make sure he's got the subject matter right. You know, and so it doesn't matter who somebody thinks they are. It's going to matter whether or not you got your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the only way you're going to get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life is to be born again of water and of the Spirit, to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's for the full pardon of all of your sins. And that then you get born again of the Spirit, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you receive that gift of the Holy Ghost, and that whole beautiful born-again experience is what places you into the church or the body of Christ. Not so much the church house. We've had church outside. We've had church under tents. We've had, I didn't. I wasn't, uh, I'm not that old. But they did have church under brush arbors. And uh, so, and open air meetings. And what I say to you is that it doesn't matter about the building so much, as much as we enjoy the comforts of it. But I am saying to you what matters is that you get born again into the church, meaning the body of Christ. And that in that is written then that you were born again into that body, that church, known as also Zion. And that is an Old Testament term, and there's nothing wrong with it. Amen. So for you to realize that the one God who, who gives to you all of his titles that he cared to give to you in this Bible, and when you stack all those crowns up, him being the king of kings, Stack all those crowns up, all those titles up. When you get to the very tippy top of it all, you get to the name of Jesus Christ. That's the name above every name. That's the crown above every crown. That's the title above every title. He wears all the hats. He has all the titles. And he said, I've looked right and there's no other God. I've looked left and there's no other God. Got plenty of elbow room. Nobody on my right and nobody on my left. He alone is God and there is no other. And that great internal invisible God chose to come visibly. He chose to come visibly. So you don't want to shut down your mind. You never hear, I don't believe that. Well, make sure you're not saying that statement looking right at chapter or verse or hearing chapter and verse. No, if it's written in the Word of God, then you're supposed to believe it. You can't be selective about this thing. You know, people want to get selective. Well, this ain't for everybody. This is only for us. You know, well, that's not what your Bible teaches. And then we've got people that want to tell you that there's a there's two churches. They want to tell you there's a Gentile church and there's a Jewish church. But that's not what my Bible says. I don't know what version they're reading. Okay, 
But I can tell you that the Bible teaches very plainly, the Word of God teaches very plainly, that it's one body. And it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, bond or free, male or female, that we're all one in Christ. And we're one in Christ through the born-again experience, through being baptized in Jesus' name, that we all have that name in water baptism. Our sins, all of us have had our sins fully pardoned. And then we have all received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Just like Peter, James, and John, and Mary who mothered that flesh, that babe, Mary received the gift of the Holy Ghost, just like you and I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and like you can and will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and it placed them into the body of Christ even as it places us, because there's one Lord, and there's one faith, and there's one baptism. And there's one body, the scripture said. And it's not a body for select people in the sense of this one can come in and this one can't. It's for whosoever will because he so loved this world that he provided that flesh. The spirit provided the flesh that whosoever would believe in it would not perish but would have everlasting life. Okay? Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Give him a big hand. Come on. Thank you, dear Lord. And so the Bible teaches that God, through Moses, was trying to show the people that what you're holding on to is going to be done away with. It's going to be abolished. And you can read that here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'll read it for you in verse 13. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end, they couldn't see past the end of their nose. They couldn't see down the road. They couldn't see what God's plan was, what direction God's heading. They just, I got what I think, and that's enough. You know? And that's surely not enough. We need the mind of Christ. And so he said here, they, they, to the, look to the end of that which is abolished. Now this is Paul teaching to the church at Corinth, and he's looking back. This has already happened. I had somebody that... Uh, there's some, a bunch of people wanted to tell one of our young preachers that uh, they didn't want him to start to work where, where we started it. And I said, well, don't make them feel bad, but we've already started. They've come too late. Just like when somebody tells you you can't have the Holy Ghost. Come too late. Already got it. No, come too late. God doesn't do that anymore. Well, he did to me. Chapter murder, right here. You know, And it delivered me. Delivered me from all the bad addictions I had. Delivered me from the bad spirits I had. And on and on and on. And the devil went out and the Holy Ghost came in. Something unholy in the name of a spirit went out. And something holy in the name of God's spirit came in. And ever, that's why it tells you if you're a new creature, if anybody is a new creature in Christ Jesus, again, in teaching to the church, he said, behold, all things are passed, old things are passed away. And all the new things are what's coming in. We're going to say goodbye to the old. We're going to say hello to the new. Then that means we're going to let the old patterns, the old habits go out the door. And they're going to be, God doesn't leave you empty. He, re he fills you and replaces with the good. Isn't that very considerate of God? That he doesn't, you know, if, you, if you're left empty. And that's why when we baptize you in Jesus' name, you want to seek for the gift of the Holy Ghost. The very moment that you come up out of the water, you're seeking to get your heart your mind, your thinking, and your emotions right under what we call the spout where the glory is coming out. 
you want to place your position yourself right here and where the Holy Ghost is moving and you worship God and you put your heart into it and he wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, okay? He wants to uh, not leave you empty. You don't want to let that vessel stay empty now that all your sins are forgiven and, and the devil is absolutely on the run. You want to have God fill you, replace, put in there what is designed to go in there by God. And, and that's the gift of the Holy Ghost. That comes in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And so he said uh, here uh, that this was look, they couldn't look to the end of that which is abolished. He said, but their minds were blinded. That's why. Their minds were blinded. He said, for until this day remaineth the same veil. There are people that are still blinded. And he's telling you, this far along, we're past now. We've already had the book of Acts experience. And, and where the church is out and running and going forward and reaching people, and in less than one century, they, they, the whole known world had heard this truth. And he said, but we got people still running around with a veil on their heart. They, there's, there's something up here in the name of their mind and their emotions that is blinding them, and it's locking God out. It's keeping God out. Their tradition is like a, a block wall or a steel curtain. It's keeping God out. And him knocking on the door, trying every which way he can to get you to open up. Some people get locked up in their emotions. One place talked about uh, in this, the prison, uh, your mind being in a prison, and and you're just keeping it out. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let go of that. Well, you can have this God, and you can have this God. I'll give you the little droppings, but I'm holding on to this. You got to open up here. You've got, when, what did it say that uh, a woman that was in business, a seller of purple, and uh, she was uh, listening to what the preacher was saying, and while she listened to the word of God, the Bible teaches that God opened her heart and that she received uh, this truth. And I, I'm saying, her name was Lydia in the Bible, in the book of Acts, and I'm saying to you that uh, we need God to help us to get that door open. We need to be pushing on the inside, and he's pulling on the outside. And we need that door and all those locks unlocked and, and, and all those bolts to get slidden back and get rid of all that tradition, get rid of all that theory, get rid of all that bad history and, and let God come in and bring everything that you have needed. I don't know how that's going to happen. He does. He knows how it's going to happen. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. But you can hold on to your old nasty spirit you can hold on to your old quarrelsome attitude. You can hang on to that bad temper and those bad words and those bad thoughts. And you can get comfortable with the devil living right in there. But if you would allow God's word to begin to penetrate and, and get past all of that callousness that also serves to lock out and get past that, penetrate that, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it told you to receive the word of God uh, with a meekness, with a yielding. It's not a limp wristedness. It's not, it's not an effeminacy. But it's talking about you yielding to God's divine authority and that you, you pacify God when you do that. Wouldn't it be nice if God's about to open his mouth and just roar in anger at you and, and you just take the word of God and place it in his mouth like a pacifier? And just, whoa, let's calm that down. Well, it said, rebuke me not in thy wrath, and chasten me not in thy hot displeasure. You want to pacify 
yielding, pacifier, great offense, the scripture says. It's why you want to mentally, if not any other way, fall on your face at God's feet and say, okay, God, look, you're God and I'm just little old me here. And what you're doing and saying is right. And I've got to get unlocked here. I gotta, I gotta get, I'm going to start throwing bolts and, and, and spinning dials and getting combinations unlocking here. And I'm going to turn levers and I'm going to do everything I can do, God. I'm going to get this door open here. I want the truth. I want to receive the love of the truth. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody, you know, you got people going around, and they, I've told you, they say, accept Christ, your personal Savior, which is not in the Bible. They'll also like to say, receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, which is also not in the Bible. If you want to receive something, why not do what the book said? It said, receive the love of the truth. It said, folks, it didn't. God said, fine, I'll, I'll send you a strong delusionist. I'll just, you, you want the devil? When, how did it say it in another place? It said, uh, about deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. You know, some people want the devil. Just sometimes you just got to let them have the devil. You know, they think that you're so bad and, and, and everything else is so great. Well, you go check it out. I had a man leave for nine years. He came back and said, well, now I know why you do things like you do. And I said, slow learner, aren't you? Took you nine years. No reason that you had to had to leave in the first place, you know. Submit yourself. Yield yourself. Uh, obey this truth. Get a love for this truth. Open the door. And everybody said hallelujah. So he went on to say, right now, unto this day, right now, remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. You step out of that old and you get into that new, veil is gone. And it's like parting the curtain. It's like uh, my pastor's wife, one time they were riding down the highway and, and, and a torrential rain came. And the rain was so bad, I mean, you could not see anything. There was no, the windshield wipers were of no value. And, and there was no break in the rain on the windshield. You couldn't see anything in front of, past that windshield. It was so bad. And uh, my pastor was a very experienced uh, driver and, and a fearless man and he just kept driving and held it straight and wasn't worried about nothing but his wife she wasn't feeling very comfortable right then and uh, she got very very nervous until finally she just said alright she said I've had enough of this Jesus and the rain stopped just stopped and he looked at her and he went hmm. you know mama just had enough of that and uh, so you know all right, everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Well, Mama's 94 this coming September, and she's still praying, and she's still reading that Bible with those healed eyes that God gave her. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So the, as, it was, as it is written, uh, uh, the same God that was there 40 years ago, in her case, over 70 years ago, because she was in her 20s when she got the Holy Ghost, uh, so that same God that was there over 70 years ago, he's there right now. He doesn't get old. He doesn't lose power. He doesn't change. And he's telling you every day you want to open that door. This is not a one-shot thing that you open the door and you're running. Oh, I'm hot for God. And two days later, bam, the door is shut. Feel a little cold today. Got a little draft going on here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I went uh, to, to get a room for somebody, that a family that was in need one time. We didn't know them at all. Trying to get them a little room, kids and everything. And they were right downtown. They didn't have much gas or anything else. So I just went to one of those motels down there and I, I uh, 
when I went to go in, here went this young lady in there. And uh, I knew that young lady. I knew her from around town. I don't even know her name, but I mean, I recognized her, and I, hello and hello type thing. And I've been with the other ministry, and she used to serve lunches and stuff. And, and um, so she was in there with a young man. And boy, head started hanging low when they saw me walk in. And, uh, you know, people just have a tendency to get a little bit convicted when the preacher walks in. Well, it should be that way. I remember my pastor telling about a guy who was riding on a horse. I said, riding on a horse. And down that, that dirt road, not paved road, dirt road, and uh, he said uh, he just had a habit of just throwing up his hands and, you know, just saying praise the Lord. And, and the man told the lady, he said, I almost got knocked off my horse. He said, I felt the power of God so strong. And you can laugh about that, but there's a lot of truth to this, and there is the power of the Holy Ghost. And I got my little, uh, we have our little friend. Where's our friend? Where's, there he is. We have our, our Chinese guest today. And when I give him a big hand, yes. I tell you, we are a diverse city. <laughs> we're international, friend, and we're very thankful about it. But when I go in their restaurant, I got them all trained. Now they see me, they turn and they go, whoa. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Amen, I love it. Yes, sir, I want them to feel that power of God. And I learned how to say in Chinese, God bless you, you know, and that's that and thank you, and that's about the extent of my Chinese to this point. But uh, if we can work it out, maybe we'll learn a Chinese song one of these days. You never know. Never know what we'll get. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise Everybody Lord. said hallelujah. hallelujah. God is a great God. So these, this was done away in Christ. There are things that you hold on to that need to be done away with. They're limiting you. They're holding you back. They're keeping you from opening the door. Think about what your Bible tells you in the second chapter of Luke, how that Mary and Joseph and her great with child came to the inn, and there was no room for them in the inn. The door was shut, the bolted, the sign was out, no vacancy. They would not let him in. I don't want you to persist in that attitude. I don't want you to continue in that losing attitude. Think about what they turned away. And you sit here now and you'd say, I wouldn't do that. Well, maybe you are doing that right now. You've got to update. You've got to get yourself and put it into the terms and the time frame that you're in right now. And you've got to see that I can shut him out. I don't believe in that Holy Ghost. I don't know about that speaking in tongues thing. You know, and all this stuff. People, questions, questions, and things. And I'm, I'm looking at the Bible that they carry around and claim to believe. And I guess the reason it looks a little dusty is because they don't read it. They just carry it around. But that Bible's there. And then some people that do read it, unfortunately, they just don't believe it. They want to jump over to Corinthians, for an example. And they want to they say, do all speak with tongues? You know, and, and they want to say, see, everybody don't do that. But they don't read the rest of that chapter, no, not even the whole chapter, to get the theme and what he's talking about, who he's talking to. He's talking to the church. He's talking to people who already got the Holy Ghost and already spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And he ended up by saying, wherefore, forbid not to speak with tongues. That, that got conveniently shoved behind the door. Kind of like when you know you hear the knock at the door and you know company's coming. You're running all over the house, right? Where's Farrah? Oh, brother. Oh, that's right. She's downstairs. Brother. Oh, yeah. You know you open them closets and them drawers. She's throwing everything. Shoving everything back in. Get it out of here. And then you, hi, how you doing? And I'll tell you what, just to, if you want to clean your house, just invite company. Tell them to come the next day or something. Brother, you will become the cleaner. Amen. My wife don't just clean. She's Elsie the plumber. She's always got a remedy for unstopping, unstopping those clogged up pipes. The last one was vinegar. 
and what's that white stuff? Uh, mule team, borax. What's that stuff called? Oh, come on. What is it, Sisterima? What's that? I had to ask you. That's why. It's borax. It's uh, you can brush your teeth with it. Baking soda. Thank God. We have a revelation. Baking soda. That was the last one. So I bought a big bag of baking soda and a big jug of white vinegar, and I delivered it to Elsie the plumber. And do you know the water went down? You can't argue with success. You know? That's better than showering up to your knees, you know? That water just keeps going up, you know? About to drown here. And the old, the old pipes are backed up here. So, uh, all right. So I'm telling you, Jesus has got some good answers for you here. If you'll just work with what he's doing. He wants you to see beyond where you're at. No matter where you're at. He wants you to realize that there's a path of light and righteousness in front of you. It shines more and more, the scripture said, unto that complete day. And that God's not running out of subject matter. God's not running out of things to do. God is not, he's not finished doing all the things that he has planned. But he wants you to know something about it. But it all starts with you believing his word, and his word tells you. It's shouting out to you to repent of your sins and believe the gospel. Believe the death through your repentance. Believe the burial through water baptism in Jesus' name and receive the, believe the resurrection by receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. And all those brand new little kids, 60 of them up there at uh, uh, Lake Placid at the rally, they all sang that. They all know Acts 2.38 all know how to be born again and how to get the salvation of God in a brand new work. And the young lady that came here in uh, uh, Kesey and we baptized her in Jesus' name, she told uh, Pastor and Sister Hopper, she said, these kids that you bring, she said, they've never had so much love as they're getting from y'all right now. And she was so moved and so impressed by it. And she's very moved by chapter and verse, subject matter, the word of God. And she's telling everybody, when they tell her something, she said, that's not right. This is what's right. Let me quote it to you. Let me show you what the Bible says. And everybody said amen. Yes. Somebody got the veil taken away. Somebody opened the door of their heart. Somebody said, I'm not going to resist you any longer, Jesus. Okay? And your Bible teaches you not to resist him. You're supposed to resist evil, and nobody thinks Jesus is evil, right? He is good. And you want to have him, the spirit of the living God, coming into your heart. You want that. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm going to move on. But it did say here uh, that that veil was done away in Christ. And he said, but even, even unto this day when Moses or the law is read, he said the veil is upon their heart. He said, nevertheless, in spite of that, he said, when it shall turn to the Lord. What he was referring to was the heart. When it, the heart, shall turn to the Lord. When you open the door. When you quit locking him out by whatever means you're using to have this locking out of Jesus. He said then when you, when you let that happen, when you get rid of that veil, when you get rid of that unbelief, he said when you turn your heart to the Lord, he said the veil shall be taken away. Not only back then, but right now. He's trying to show them, trying to show you. And so let me begin to wind down here very quickly and tell you that Romans 9, 10, and 11. This is where you read about these Jews and Gentiles. This is where you read what happened to the Jewish people as a, as a, a nation. And the Bible teaches very plainly that this message was of the Jew and it was to the Jew first. 
And there has to be a starting place, a beginning place. And that's why Abraham, who in the beginning was a Gentile, but then he crossed over and he became known as a Hebrew. And then he was given the covenant of God and then he became known as a Jew or Jewish. And then the father then of faith. And then you read the book of Romans. You begin to read about these things. Then you will come to chapters 9, 10, and 11. And you will read how that Paul said he could wish himself a curse for his people that they might have the truth and that they would quit fighting and quit resisting and quit keeping the door shut. And as he began to teach them, he taught that the Gentiles had come in to the body of Christ because the Jewish cut themselves off through unbelief. They had locked their minds up in unbelief and they would not go any further, which is the same thing that was said to you from 2 Corinthians that I read to you. And that they, there was a greater glory that was given, a greater ministry. Jesus is saying, I brought you something better. It was good in the Old Testament what I brought you. And it was a schoolmaster to bring you. It was a vehicle. It was teaching to bring you to where you're supposed to be and where you're supposed to go. And that's what they were saying here in Romans chapter 11. He's trying to tell you that these folks put on the brakes. These folks locked everything up and they would go no further and consequently they somebody said, bad, mean, old God, he cut them up. No, they're unbelief. They cut themselves off through unbelief. People always want to blame God, blame the church, blame the preacher when they do it to themselves. Had some silly little girl come around and, and said she was upset because she said that uh, the church was seeing her on Facebook. I was like, what a silly little goober. The only thing on Facebook is what you put on it, you silly thing. I don't like them looking at my picture. Then what you put it on there for? My word. You know? Wow. Well, I'm trying to tell you. Get your mind on the Word of God. And, and I'm going to conclude by telling you in, in the book of Acts chapter 7 that that's what God sent one of the, another one of the seven, Stephen. He goes down and he begins to preach the word of God. And he begins to teach them. And he went all the way back to that Old Testament. Because in their time, of course, the book of Acts, the New Testament, was being written. <laughs> it, was in, it was happening. And uh, being recorded by Luke, the physician, and others that God chose to use. Holy men of old spake as they were moved by or inspired by the Holy Ghost. And so uh, here he begins in the Old Testament, he, he begins to give them their history. And as he came to the conclusion, they got mad. And the Bible said they ran, they stopped their ears up. More than those pipes at my house. They stopped those ears up. And they they ran upon him, the preacher. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. And then they stoned him. Because they didn't like what their history said to them. Well, if you don't like it, then best not to write it. Once again, that was their Facebook. And they wrote all their history down. And there it was. And they didn't like, well, if you don't like how your history, I don't like the past things in my life. I don't like all that dirt and that bad get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm coming in. I'm going to take all your dirt out of here. I'm going to get rid of all your junk. I'm going to get rid of all your bad experiences. I'm going to get rid of all your bad memories. I'm going to get rid of all the things that have not gone right. And you did it wrong. You said it wrong. You thought it wrong. You got involved wrong. He said, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to get rid of it. It was themselves. They couldn't bear to face then their dirt. 
face it now, then you're going to face it in eternity. You're going to face it at the judgment. Some men's sins are open, gone on before. Other man's sins, they follow and after. I don't want that on my trail. I don't want that breathing down my neck. I don't want to have to stand before him in the judgment. And only one is going to sit upon that throne. Only one. Didn't say anything about three or ten. One. One's going to sit upon that throne. And his name is Jesus. I don't want to have to, them books to get open. I'm not in that book, that book of life. I'm not in that book of remembrance that I spake often one to another. That's where I want to be connected to. Everyone's connected. I want to be, I want to be connected with the people that are talking about Jesus in truth. Not just talking about them, but they have the truth. They believe the truth. Okay? I want to be connected to those people. Book of remembrance. That's the book I want to be in. I want to be in the remembrance book. God's remembrance book. And I want to be, I want it to be that I, I remembered to speak often with somebody. I wasn't speaking to them of any salacious gossip. I wasn't, you know, it's like one woman said, said, uh, let me hurry up and tell you this before I find out it's not right. Some people like like to go to Mars. They just got to go to outer space, you know. They got to hear or to tell some new thing. That's what happened in Mars Hill when the Apostle Paul went there and saw all those unknown, all those gods, false gods, and then he saw the one that said to the unknown God, he said, I got my text, I'm ready to preach. Let me declare unto you the God you don't know. His name is Jesus. You've been locked out by your tradition and by the way you've been raised, and you couldn't help that. You've been locked out by things that are not scriptural, and, and you've locked down, you've got lockdown going on in your mind. He said, and Jesus is standing there knocking at your door, and he wants to come in and bring you the truth. You can receive the love of the truth, the truth about one God, the truth about being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the truth about receiving the Holy Ghost, the truth about once you come in the body of Christ, Romans through Revelation, the truth about how you live for him. Now that you got it, how you live it. The truth of it. And you love it. You love it. You have an appetite for it now. It's your favorite meal. It's what you want. It's what you want to be about. It's what you want to hear. It's what you want to chomp down on. It's what you want your mind thinking about. It's him whom you want to be talking about. And that's where you want to be connected to. You don't want to be connected to the wrong kind of people. You don't want people that are uh, on there and they're posing to be some young lady that's going to be your friend and really it's some perverted man somewhere. You know, you don't want to be taken in by predators. And you don't want to be a part of any bullies either. You don't want to be a part of these kind of things. You want to be a part of the body of Christ. So don't lock them out. Don't lock them out. Let's stand together. God love your heart. It didn't do them any good to run the preacher over. He went out saying, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. I often have to pray that prayer. They just absolutely don't know what they're doing. Had a young family come here. They had about four or five kids. Mom and the dad, young, young, and they, uh, they absolutely uh, uh, enjoying church. The young man got a real touch in the Holy Ghost. We baptized him. He'd uh, been a cocaine addict and all kinds of problems in his life. He had, uh, he had to come and do some community service. He needed help with that. 
I don't suppose anybody here has ever needed help with community service that we've given them community service and given them a letter. I don't think anybody, nobody. Maybe they're way in the back, and I just can't see them because they're not standing. But, uh, you know, we the church will do things for you, good things for you, help you out. And it, it's not to stop there. It's like I told one young man, and I gave him a, pat, a clap on the back because uh, I said, okay, you got your letter. I guess I won't see you anymore. He said, nope. He said, I'll be there. I'll be there. Nope. You don't have to worry about that. I'll be there. Well, he, he's here. I'm glad about that. Let's give him a big hand. right and God is a good God and this young man though and his wife and children uh, next thing you know his wife started stepping back and the next thing you know she pulled him and the kids out and started going to an uncle's church and uh, didn't matter about truth well we're just going to visit them because we want to get all our family to come here to our church never saw her again I told her last words I said what are you thinking? What do you mean what am I thinking? What, do you, what does that mean? What do you mean what am I thinking? What are you thinking? You're making a horrible mistake. You don't know what you're doing. The last time I saw her husband walked in this door after church was over, thinking church was starting, and this was a night service. He walked in about a quarter of nine, and uh, he looked about, I'm going to say about 30 pounds lighter. I don't believe he'd been on the right diet with Patrick. I don't believe he'd been jogging with all the guys. I think he's something's been going up the right side of the nostril there. He went back to the old bad habit. That spirit got a hold of him. You don't play with this. Religion is not going to deliver you from your problems. You don't shut your ears and run upon the message and run upon the preacher that's preaching the message and think that you're going to get away with it. Preacher's not going to be mad at you. He's going to have a burden for you. He's going to ask God to forgive you because you don't know what you're doing. Because if you knew what you were doing, you wouldn't do it. Even the devil hasn't learned that lesson. Because if he'd have known, he would have never crucified Jesus. <laughs> and he still don't know because he's fixing to get everybody together and ride out there to the Valley of Megiddo and, and, and declare war on God. And he's going to be broken suddenly and without hand and without remedy. So he's just heading for a major eternal beatdown, isn't he? But he just hasn't learned anything. And some people aren't learning here. Open the door. Don't lock him out. Let him come in. He's only going to bring good things into your life. Let's lift our heart with our hands. Let us love him this morning. I praise you, Jesus. I worship you, holy God. I thank you, my Father. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the message from heaven. Bless you all. What does it mean to be saved? Isn't it more than just a prayer to pray? More than just a way What does it mean to be his? To be formed in his likeness. Know that we have a purpose. To be salt and light in the world, in the world. To be salt and light in the world. To be salt and light in the world, in the world. To be salt and light in the world. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so.
Christ that we would see with Jesus' eyes. We could show the world.